Welcome to the Bounce podcast series, hosted by me, Dr. Catherine Munn. This series is inspired by the original Bounce project at University of Victoria, created by Rebecca Gagan. In our series, McMaster faculty and alumni share stories which could easily have remained untold or secret. These are stories of loss, grief, rejection, relationship difficulties, mental health problems, and more, based on experiences our guests have had when they were students. This podcast series has been developed by our Bounce team, made up of students, staff, and faculty at McMaster, with a grant from the McMaster Okanagan Special Project Fund. The Bounce team are inspired and informed by our own experiences as students and conversations we have had with students, and we are passionate about promoting more open discussion of failure and struggle at McMaster. We envision that Bounce at McMaster can help us to build resilience, individually and collectively, by increasing mutual understanding and creating connections through the sharing of stories. Learn more about the project, our team, and our guests by checking out our website. All right, so uh, good morning and uh, welcome to Bounce. Uh, today we're uh, recording a conversation, having a conversation with, uh, with Dr. Matt Savelli from uh, Faculty of Social Sciences. Uh, where he is a, a professor and instructor there. And looking so much forward to, to having this chat with you, uh, Matt, and, and hopefully you can introduce us a little bit to, to yourself and, and look forward to having a conversation about uh, your, some of your experiences uh, as a student uh, to, to kind of open that door uh, to other conversations uh, for other students and faculty. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, very, very happy to be here. Thanks for asking me to come in and speak. Um, you know, by, by way of introduction, I guess one thing I would say is um, I was once literally in the shoes of a lot of the McMaster students who, who might be watching or listening to this. I, I was a McMaster student as an undergraduate. Um, I did history and, and a minor in French um, before moving on and um, becoming ultimately a historian of psychiatry. Um, so, of course, I'm, I'm really interested in mental health, and it's one of the reasons I want to talk about this. Um, yeah, and by dumb luck, I ended up back at McMaster and have been here as a faculty member for five or six years. Great. And and if if you're comfortable, Matt, can you can you tell us what what you what area you work in? Uh, just because I think it is kind of relevant to the <laughs> to the to our conversation. Sure. So um, I'm in the Department of Health, Aging and Society, uh, as well as in cross-appointed arts and science. And um, the teaching that I do is really focused on sort of interdisciplinary social study of mental health. So although I'm you know, trained primarily as a historian, um, my teaching really looks at mental health and illness. Um, but rather than doing it from a sort of strictly biomedical perspective, um, it draws on, you know, anthropology and sociology and nursing theory and, of course, biomedicine um, to, to try to sort of approach it from a slightly different angle um, than people might get if they were, I don't know, reading a pamphlet in their physician's office. Yeah, beautiful. <clears throat> so, I, I mean, I think that's it really makes will make it so interesting to hear your perspectives from a from a personal point of view. Uh, just also given all your expertise and knowledge from a kind of kind of from a professional point of view. So um, thanks, thanks for that intro. 
So maybe we can uh, sort of dive into talking about, uh, well, we're here, as you know, to talk a little bit about faculty and alumni experiences when they were students uh, that may have been sort of challenging uh, times that they may have struggled and really trying to start those conversations to kind of open up those conversations and, and doors uh, to make those, those lines of communication perhaps more uh, more open and accessible to people, or at least for people to kind of think about, well, you know, other people may have also struggled uh, on their journey through through being a student in, in university and, and to kind of think about that, talk about that, reflect on that, and maybe, um, and hopefully we can just get to a place where it's a little more of a uh, comfortable, honest, open conversations about these issues uh, on university campuses. So maybe you can um, share a little bit about your experiences as a student that you're comfortable to share. And sounds like, um, yeah, sounds like you uh, you were a student at Mac at one point, and I think you've been uh, uh, so so wherever you're comfortable to start. But but uh, if you want to share a few thoughts about some of your 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 situations and challenges. Sure. Um, you know, I was I was really excited to go to McMaster um, as an undergrad student. Um, I'm someone who had really loved school in the first place. Nothing, not, really nothing probably made me as happy as, as studying. Um, so, you know, I got to McMaster full of really high hopes. And um, I decided to, to really make studying, you know, and, and, and the focus of, of my class, so I make my classes rather focus of my life. Um, and that was really, really great for a long time. I think, you know, one thing it was not so great for perhaps was that sometimes I fixated too much on that and not enough on, um, you know, some other parts of my life. And that was kind of a strange time in my life. Actually, the, my time at Mac and especially my my last year, which I'm, I imagine I'll talk about in a bit more detail. Um, you know, so I was doing really well in terms of, you know, grades and all those metrics that don't really matter that much, but I was not necessarily doing so well sometimes on the, on the personal side. It was great for like the first two years, no problem. I was able to kind of maintain, um, you know, really strong focus on my studies. But then somewhere in my third year, it I think began to be evident to me that I had not been paying attention enough to other parts of my life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some some things that probably I, I should have been given more consideration to, I hadn't. Um, other things, although I couldn't have changed them, I was not even thinking about when perhaps I should have been. And and, and can, can oh, you go ahead? Just, just to, to, sorry to interrupt, but just to ask, sort of, what led to that realization? Do you think in sort of third year that, that, that you'd sort of been exploring parts of your life and really focused on the academics, but perhaps the other parts weren't, you weren't kind of attending to as, as you feel now you might have. Well, um, so there's a couple things. Um, so my parents had split up right when I was starting university. And it was, I mean, it was quite a bad one, uh, extraordinarily acrimonious. I don't mind saying that. Um, mm -hmm. 
And I, you know, was was for a while doing like a juggling act sort of between my two parents. Um, but you know, I, I I wasn't. I don't think I was really considering them as human beings, but rather just sort of expecting them to continue just being, you know, parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so one of the things that happened was in third year, um, you know, I got into a big fight with with my mom about something, um, and we stopped talking. And we stopped talking for more than a year. Um, wow. And it was complicated because my my two of my siblings, I have five siblings, also stopped talking to her around that time. Um, so one, you know, when I when I look back at it, I could say, oh, maybe I wasn't giving enough time to thinking about this stuff or engaging with it. In the moment, it didn't feel like that at all. I just thought like, my mom's a horrible person. I don't want to talk to her anymore. Yes. Yeah. So that that was part of it. Um, but the other thing is, you know, approaching the end of third year, it was also dawning on me that this thing that I, you know, I was loving, or at least I thought I was entirely loving, going to school, studying, yes. um, it was coming to an end, at least in the way that I had, you know, in the way that it was set up. I, I knew I had wanted to try to go to grad school. You know, I don't have any skills. I have I have nothing beyond school. So for me, grad school was logical. I'd say, you know, good to that cultivate other skills. Yeah, <laughs> for, fortes be kind. Um, you know, so I knew I wanted to go to grad school, but it was dawning on me that um, that was going to mean a, a big move. You know, I, I decided I wasn't going to go to math. Um, I wanted to study eastern europe in a sort of an interdisciplinary way and mac didn't have a program like that so i knew i was going away and it was just that dawning realization like wow in 18 months or in 12 months my life is going to look totally different i don't know what country i'll be in i don't know what continent i'll be on and then i you know started to think about okay my family's falling apart i'm not going to see any of my friends anymore because most of my friends i I'm from Hamilton, so I just kind of continued my high school friends. Um, And just that realization that I was going to have to do something totally foreign to me um, in the near future. That I think that was a turning point as well. Yes, and and it sounds like having to do that at the same time as you sort of family family was falling apart a little bit, Um, and, and so moving away at the same time as there was that all that instability there. Yeah. Oh, and sorry. One other pertinent factor. Um, I had been in a in a pretty long term relationship, or at least long term, you know, for my age. So I had, I had been dating the same girl for three years by that point, through all of my undergrad and even tail tail end of high school. Um, and and the the realization that maybe I wasn't happy in that, but I, I couldn't. <laughs> I was so convinced that it was going to work out that I also was not realizing that that was not a, a relationship that I want to continue forever. So, um, yeah, I started to come up with all sorts of like, like strange ideas, uh, you know, on what I could do to try to find fulfillment in the context of that relationship. 
rather than realizing, oh, you know, maybe I've outgrown this or this is not ideal for me. Yeah, so you're, so you're sort of painting a picture of a whole bunch of parts of your life you were either starting to question or were mm. starting to shift in terms of your academics, your family, your relationship. Um, so sort of unsteady ground on a whole bunch of fronts. And and so and how so how did how did you how did that affect you? What what did happen for you or to you? I mean, I I freaked out. So um, I I had what I would call you know non ironically uh, uh, a an existential breakdown. I mm -hmm. I still use those words. I think you know my friends would would laugh at that, um, but because they said, you know, you would have used those words 15 years ago. Um, but that that's exactly it. You know, I didn't know who, you know, who, who counted as family or what my relationship to them would look like. <clears throat> I didn't know where I was going because I, I knew at that time, you know, okay, <clears throat> I fancied this idea that I might become a professor, but I also knew that that was an extraordinarily difficult thing to do. And, and not a straightforward path. And, and I was open to other ideas, you know, like, oh, maybe I'll try to work for the UN or something. Um, I, yeah, I didn't know if, if, I mean, I didn't know if I could be happy in a relationship, let alone that particular relationship. I started to think, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not made for this. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really, especially in fourth year when I had, course a lot of pressure and i was TAing two courses I, I freaked out and i think kind of withdrew from a lot of people um mm -hmm. probably got like increasingly impatient with people um mm -hmm. and you pushed, you pushed people away at the yeah. time when you maybe needed them most <laughs> you pushed them away Absolutely, absolutely. And um, rather than, you know, doing this, what I think may have been sensible, which is slowing down, I was just so determined to, to get it all done at once, you know, finish all the school stuff at once, get all the TA experience I could at once, apply for every scholarship, do, do all of those things. And, and of course, it, it is important and good to work hard and to prioritize your studies. But when the world around you is collapsing, you, you may also need to take a step back and slow down a little bit. Yeah. So it, it sounds like you just kept trying to power through and kind of focus on the academics, continue on your path and find your path. And you were very ambitious from what you're describing. So you were, you were really trying to, to move forward as though perhaps these things weren't happening, but at the same time, describing it being kind of a crisis, an existential crisis or an existential breakdown where you were maybe slowly realizing that that path wasn't actually the right path for you or wasn't maybe the one you were actually on. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was really kind of a tunnel vision at times, um, ignoring, you know, all of the chaos that was around me. Um, and, you know, although on some level it, it quote unquote worked, as in, you know, I got into grad school and all that, um, I don't think it left me in, in really good shape. And 
I could have been much better prepared. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to ask, when did that realization hit? Or when, when were you sort of forced to, to reconcile those things that, that you were, you were moving forward and, and, but, but that it was, it was at a cost to you. Or, you know, it's a good question. Uh, I didn't realize, so I think some of this I'm putting together, you know, as someone in my like mid thirties, not someone uh, like certainly not at the time. I think at the at the time or shortly thereafter, I realized okay, the scope of change in parts of my life that I'm excited about is so great that I I shouldn't and can't afford to have the same amount of change in other parts of my life. So you know, once I had um, like I, I was, I was really lucky. I, I, you know, got a place to go and study overseas. That meant moving to the UK. Once that was apparent, I realized I needed to maybe, um, you know, try to reconcile with my with my mom. Maybe try to fix some of the gaps I had opened up with friends. Um, you know, some of it was really hard. Um, but I realized that oh, I don't want to move. I don't want to move to Britain and maybe leave Canada for the rest of my life and not be speaking with my mom or, you know, not have good relationships with some of my siblings. So kind of at the very, very end of fourth year, I mean, really after graduation, May, June, July, that that period before going off to grad school in September, it started Mm -hmm. to hit me like, oh, yeah, some of this has not been worth it. Some of the, you know, some of the sacrifices were necessary and some of them were just making my life worse Mm -hmm. and um yeah i was able to fix some of it but like some of those things carried on for you know another year or two Mm -hmm. i was well into studying for my phd so you know after a master's and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. before i think some things began to feel calm like that that um relationship instability in terms of my you know, who I was dating and stuff that, that didn't calm down for, yeah, two years or something. Mm -hmm. And, and so, I mean, what would you say were some of the things that actually helped you finally start to, I guess, look at those things, examine those aspects Mm -hmm. of your life that you'd been pushing aside or, or not prioritizing sort of what beyond, I mean, it sounds like it sort of had to be pushed to a crisis in a way to, to actually start thinking about those things but what what was what was helpful as you started to do that what what helped you mm-hmm. a couple of things um i mean one was time you know i think sometimes absolutely people have a tendency um to forget that suffering isn't you know intrinsic to our nature as human beings this is something we've been doing you know for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years so so I needed some time to pass. I needed to process some things. I think I needed to get some distance. I needed to reflect a little bit and learn from what was going on. Um, so that was the first thing. I think the second thing that was really helpful um, was once I got to grad school, you know, it just wasn't, um, I didn't have it in me anymore to be the person who was you know studying more than anyone else and who was withdrawing from people and just 
diving into the books full time, um, I started making friends again and and doing social things. You know, I I started playing for the soccer team out there, so I was actually like getting a lot of exercise. Uh, I mean, I, I was going to say getting some sun. It was in the UK; you don't get sun <laughs> in the UK, but but you get you can get exercise. Um, you know, and, and it's not that I stopped taking my studies seriously because I didn't. I was a really dedicated student, you know, even in grad school. But I stopped thinking about things like grades, which were not important. And mm-hmm. I started really focusing just on learning. Like, okay, why has this professor, you know, assigned this? What can I learn from that, you know? 10 books I'm going to read to answer this essay or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those things were really important. I mean, I was also lucky enough, I guess, um, to have a, a relationship um, with a psychotherapist from when I was a kid. You know, I, I saw a psychotherapist when I was 10 for, you know, like a paralyzing fear of thunderstorms. And, you know, then again, the same person around you know, 15, 16, um, in part because, you know, my home life was pretty chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, but all I all I knew was that something was wrong or something was off in how I felt. And then, you know, eight years later, the same person was there when I wanted to go see her. And, um, you know, it wasn't a lot. I think I, I think I had three or four conversations with her, but it was enough um, to help make sense of something. Yes. Yeah, so you're, you're, I mean, you're talking about, uh, yeah, I think a few really important things. One, one, one being time, one being kind of other people, finding people, uh, finding people and talking to people, uh, both like friends, but also then if, some professionals, uh, but kind of in limited ways, kind of episodic, limited ways, but, but really putting yourself back out into the world and connecting with people as a way of getting through difficult times. Yeah, and and really, like, I mean, all of those things, just some maturity, you know. Just I think, um, you know, in, in, it's hard to fault people ever for being immature because, of course, you know, we were all babies who got here yesterday and just figuring out how to do life now. But like, really realizing that some of the, the stuff that I was emphasizing around grades, just like not not meaningful not important and and ultimately not even helpful for me just that like realization that actually what matters here is my learning it's not the number that's attached to whatever assignment i've submitted um that was really 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 important i think i think i mean it might be hard though for some people to believe that right because here you are now working in a university and you got through a master's and a PhD and, and obviously grades had to play a part in that. And, and yeah. so, so I guess the, I guess the question, not to challenge you in that way, but the, the no, question no. is to, just to kind of say, just to kind of wonder how, how can one not focus on grades and, and then be this successful in <laughs> uh, quotes, like if, however we want to define success, but I mean, how, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's a great question. And um, honestly, as, as I can say this now as, a, as, a, you know, as an instructor, as a, someone who teaches for a living, um, the, 
there's a difference between learning for learning's sake and then learning, no, rather not learning. Learning for learning's sake or doing stuff for the grades. And it is sort of about the mindset that I went into it. Um, because what I found was like, actually, in my grades were at their best when I was just engaged with the material and not so attached to the outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, when when um, I was really invested and interested in learning, the grades the grades materialized. And <clears throat> the truth is that you know you're not going to get amazing grades on everything, but but I stopped the sort of fixation on you know what do I need to do X grade because I I found that that often didn't work. You know, and and here's the other thing. This is a big one. There was a realization that actually, you know, if I'm just focused on the learning and I'm still not getting the grades, you know, then this is not my strength. So as much as, you know, I would have loved to progress even further with my French grammar, I found my level. You know, like I got the I, I hit a point where after that, you know, I was just I was not that strong in the the level of granular detail into French grammar that I needed to be to continue getting, you know, A's and A pluses. Suddenly I was like a B level student. And then just being at peace with that and saying, wow, that's great because now, you know, I can speak enough French to go and travel and not worry about it. Um, But I think like just that acceptance that, you know, that acceptance of, of, there are some things that I'm good at and there are some things that I'm not so good at, but that's okay. That that helps me figure out where I want to go and actually be comfortable there. Yeah, because for a long time I thought, oh, maybe I'll be a French historian. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't have been super well suited to it or or it would have required, you know, a totally different life path. And that like that would not have been my strength the same way. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that's, that's really important. The other thing is, it's like the minute you graduate, you realize what a weird mi- like micro <laughs> ecosystem the university is and how like actually out in the real world, there are loads of people living happy and fulfilled lives who never even went to university or who, you know, went and then they're doing something that's totally unrelated to what they studied. Um, and I'll be honest with you, you know, so so I did my master's and, and PhD at Oxford, and there are a lot of people there who are, you know, really bright, hardworking people. My God, there were a lot of miserable ones, too. And the miserable ones were those people who I think couldn't make that transition, who, mm-hmm. who couldn't give up sometimes um, the number attached to an assignment, you know, that grade number. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the thing that's gonna bring anyone happiness long term. That's mm-hmm. for sure. So I, I I really would say to people, you know, try, you know, try, put the effort in, but don't fix it on the grades. If the grades come naturally, wonderful. If they don't come naturally, do something else. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's many paths you can take. There's not just one. And and the one you pick at whatever point you pick it may turn out also not to be the one, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I want to just revisit something that 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 you said that kind of struck me uh, early on is that you talked about you said something about who counted as family. So I I wonder if if you can you sort of talk about that a little bit what, what what you mean by that when you were wrestling with like who counts as family. Yeah, you know, so I think um, like a lot of people do, I I struggled to kind of, you know, I struggled to deal with that relationship collapse with, with my mom. Um, I, I would say for other reasons, I had you know, complications in, in my relationship with my dad. And I actually had to recognize like, okay, these can be people that I care about. Um, they don't need to be people that I talk to every day or every week. If, mm -hmm. you know, if actually I'm getting more support, if I feel more comfortable with, uh, you know, my friends, that's great. If, mm -hmm. you know, it's just my siblings and, and that's sort of what's most important. So, you know, it wasn't about, was like I redefined family and said, okay, mom and dad, you're out. Um, but more just like, I think I started to focus on people who could be supportive and people who I felt good around and people that I wanted to spend my time with. And, and then, um, you know, just change the nature of my relationships with other people so that I wasn't worried about, you know, having to i don't know having to make them the center of things or having to do, you know deal with them yeah. too much i mean i was in a way lucky that my parents were always super hands-off they neither of my parents finished high school so they didn't know anything about university so I, I never had that pressure that i know a lot of people feel mm -hmm. but nonetheless um i had to accept like okay actually at the end of the day you know these are just two human beings and they're gonna you know screw things up and get stuff wrong sometimes and i don't need to punish them for that i don't need to you know hate them for that i need to accept that that's what humans do um mm -hmm. but you know i'm an adult now and if i don't want to i don't know call my mom every week i'm just not going to i'll tell her yes um and it, and it doesn't have to be like a binary black and white you know either we're talking or we you know, have no relationship at all. You you can redefine those relationships. Yeah. So in a way, you sort of expanded your definition of of family in a way, or 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 reconfigured who was going to be in your family, and and broadened it, and I guess tried to understand where other people fit in, both in your family and outside your family, to 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 your life. Yeah, I absolutely. I think giving up a focus on you know us you know those of us with shared genetics and instead um focusing a little bit more on on yeah people who i you know, felt connected to and supported by so in my case it was friends yes so when you when you when you think back to i guess i guess the the more some of the more difficult times might as you described them might have been sort of those third and fourth years in your undergrad when when all these things were going on when when you when you sort of think back to that time what would you almost like to say to yourself 
as your third and fourth year self or or to someone maybe that's that's going through something like like that has some similarities to what you went through what what would have been good to hear what would what would you what would have helped you through a little bit or maybe maybe could have oof couple things i think um you know so one there was for me there was a temptation at times to think that there was something quote unquote wrong with me um you know so i started wondering like oh might i have this mental disorder or this diagnosis whatever mm-hmm. but actually stepping outside of it you know i was just in a really chaotic place i had good reasons to feel disrupted i had good reasons to feel uneasy um mm-hmm. so like not worrying you know not not so much making about me and what you know what i might have quote unquote but like starting to think a little bit about the context of my life and say okay um i suppose this would be the second thing focusing or thinking about that context a little bit so mm-hmm. one of the things i said is like i i got quite tunnel visiony and in the process <clears throat> didn't pay attention to some things that were going on with me or going on in my life that I could have that m- may have made that a lot easier mm-hmm. um, and and then slowing down would have been really really beneficial I think um, what I crammed into 12 months <laughs> should have been spread out over you know 24 months in terms of like changing family stuff, the changing romantic relationships, all of the schooling and the TAing and the applications. Um, you know, I don't know what I was in a rush for. Right. Like there's not, there was nothing on the other side that was so desperate that I had to get to it right away. But for me, I just thought, well, I don't want to stretch it out. You know, my friends are going to graduate. And of course, you know, half them didn't, half them needed five or or six years anyway. Um, but I was, yeah, I mean, this would be a really important one for me is to slow down and to like really step back and think, you know, what am I doing and why am I doing it? And is this something that I really want? I mean, in my case, I knew I wanted the schooling piece because I had, you know, no other real goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but that applies to other things like relationships rather than just like, trying to to make something work at all costs i probably need to step back and just say oh okay yeah if you're not happy in in this there's there are good reasons you don't have to be here do something else mm-hmm. yeah so so um so sort of bro- t- i guess broadening your vision like moving outside the tunnel vision and kind of broadening your field of view to look at and not just focusing on what was wrong with you and what you know what what you might be able to fixate on with being wrong with you but looking at the world around you and how it was contributing to how you were feeling um but i guess could also help you feel better <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing it's it's not only that i wasn't paying attention to the problems around me i wasn't seeing some of solutions is too strong a word, but I wasn't seeing some of the the supports. I wasn't seeing some of the resources. I wasn't seeing some of the other pathways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like I was determined to drive down this road where, you know, the road was blowing up and there were car accidents everywhere and so on. And like, I just, it's like I didn't even see that there was a cutoff I could have taken. 
like, yeah, oh, that's a, that's a great, great meta, great visual metaphor to to think about. Yeah, you were just, I'm going to get there no matter what, and so you sort of had to slow down, open up your field of view, and look around and see what was not going well, but also then what could go well. What were the possibilities out there for you? Exactly. Um, I, I, it's been so interesting to dig into your, your time as, uh, as an undergrad and I think, and, and I think some of your other times, and I think I'm sure we could talk for a lot longer about some other experiences you've had as students, but I, um, but I do want to really thank you for, for speaking to me today and for sharing some of these stories uh, that I think can really help other people find their way too. So thank you so much for, for talking today. Yeah. Cheers, Catherine. Thanks for having me in. Thank you for listening to this Bounce podcast. We hope that you have been taken on a bit of a journey by listening to the podcast and hearing the story and perspectives shared. We would love to hear more of your reactions to and reflections on our story if you wish to share them with us at bounce at mcmaster.ca. You can also check out our website, which is linked on the podcast description and our social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thank you so much.